food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. The topic in this episode is one of my absolute favorite topics to talk about. Hands down, Kristen Weeks from Dirt and Dough joins me to talk about this formula that she came up with kind of accidentally. After going through a hard time in her life, she realized that the things that she was doing to get through that time actually ended up making her blog more successful. And a lot of it has to do with just personal development, establishing morning routines, adding fitness into her life, enjoying the process, things like that. This is such an amazing discussion. You're going to love this and be so inspired by this episode and by Kristen. She is an amazing person and food blogger. This is episode number 412, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey, food bloggers, real quick, want to tell you about an exciting opportunity for all of you travel lovers out there. A lot of you foodies are also big on exploring our country. If you plan on exploring New York City anytime soon, this might be a great opportunity for you. And if part of your audience relates to travel, they could benefit from this as well. The New York City Borough Pass is the way to experience the unique cultures and stories of New York City. This sightseeing pass for sustainable cultural travel provides access to a diverse roster of attractions, tours, and performing arts venues in each of the five boroughs of New York City, like the Alice Austin House Museum, where you can explore the life of LGBTQ icon, or the 250-acre New York Botanical Garden that houses over one million living plants, or the City Reliquary Museum with its quirky and hyper-local New York City collections. And the best part, Eat Blog Talk listeners receive a 10% off of 1, 3, 7, and 90-day options with the code EATBLOGNYC, so you can choose the perfect duration for your adventure in the city. So what are you waiting for? Get your New York City Borough Pass today and discover the beauty of the people and places that make New York City one of the world's most vibrant and exciting destinations. Visit NYC Borough Pass dot com to get yours now nycboroughpass.com and use the code eatblognyc Kristen started her blog three years ago with the passion to teach others how to cook more homemade meals, bake with sourdough, and how to start a backyard garden to grow fresh produce. Since then, Kristen's journey has had a a lot of ups and downs. A year ago, she decided to take her blog and business seriously, and that had a lot to do with habits, routines, and mindset. By working on herself first, she found she was able to focus. The hard work turned her hobby of a few thousand sessions a month into qualifying for Mediavine within a year. Kristen, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing great, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Yay! We usually meet in Clubhouse and talk there, so it's kind of fun to meet here on the podcast. So, so happy to have you here and also super excited about our topic because, as you know, I love this topic. This is something that you and I have talked about before. But before we get into it, do you have a fun fact to share with us? Yeah. My fun fact is that my family, we have a travel trailer and we love to get out and go camping just about any opportunity we can get. We live in Washington, Western Washington. So it's 
not the greatest weather. We get a lot of rain, but it really doesn't stop us. We still get out in the fall, in the winter. In the summer, we like to spend time at lakes, paddle boarding, fishing, swimming, doing all the summer stuff. But then when the weather turns, we love to go out to more of the coastline and we spend a lot of time crabbing and clam digging and just spending rainy days at the beach. So oh. if we're not at home working, there's a good chance we're out camping. So, Well, another way that you and I are alike, and if you, I think you guys should move to Minnesota and be our neighbors because I feel like we would be hanging out all the time. <laughs> Sounds right. I think so too. <laughs> I agree with that. Okay. So I love that about you. I've known that for a while. I love the crabbing too. I'm so intrigued yeah. by that and learning more about that. I think that is, sounds so fun. It is. You should come out to Washington oh and we'll take you guys out. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. I will take you up on that. I've had blogger friends say like, Megan, you and your family should, and I'm like, okay. And then I book a ticket. I literally just did this. My friend Monica from the Hidden Veggies was like, both of our sons love roller coasters. So she's like, you guys should come out and we can go to Kennywood. And I said, my husband was right there and I'm like, should we go to Pittsburgh? And he's like, sure, let's do it. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. We're coming. She was like, oh, okay. So yeah, be careful what you offer me. I might take you up on it. (laughs) And I would, I'd be happy if you did. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'll be in your driveway in a few weeks. Sounds great. All right. So let's talk about this topic because I love this. And it's just this idea that maybe the answers to not being overwhelmed aren't, you know, like in doing more work or like figuring out different projects, but maybe the answers are in ourselves and figuring out what we need to work on within us in order to find less overwhelm, more success, more peace, more rest, and all of the good things. So Kristen, you kind of have a story that led you to getting to this point where you kind of accidentally found a great system that worked. So would you mind talking us through your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So my blogging journey started back in late 2019, 2020. I have a really big passion for food. I grow my own garden. I make sourdough bread. I love making homemade meals. And so this was a way that I could really share this passion. It started out with just friends and family, but then I realized there were other people that wanted to read it as well. Then in 2020, obviously the pandemic hit and what should have been a great opportunity for my blog to really take off. I mean, gardening, sourdough, just kind of all of those things that really took off during that time, my blog didn't. And I got really overwhelmed in the beginning with that because I put so much time and energy and then this topic really took off and I just kind of stayed stagnant and I couldn't figure out why. Once I started kind of diving into what was going on, I realized the course that I had originally taken, there was a lot of incorrect advice on how to set up a how to set up a food blog proper SEO keywords, and I just wasn't doing things correctly. And social media wasn't really in the front of my mind and all my focus was on my blog. So I realized really quickly that I had done things just completely wrong. And that that was the reason I wasn't taking off in Google searches. And then shortly after that, I started finding resources like eBlockTalk and other food blogging experts like Casey Marquis and just really took in all of that information that I could to try to fix my site. And it was very overwhelming, just everything all at once that there was supposed to do. And then while at that same time, I was going through some serious health stuff, I had what's called endometriosis and adenomyosis. 
And my health was declining very quickly. It's a very progressive disease. And I had gotten to the point that I needed it removed. And so just having the blog, having my kids home from school, taking on the homeschooling. My husband was also a first responder. So that time was just a little extra hard for us just because he was gone for you know days at a time. It just started to become too much. And so unfortunately, the one thing that got put on the back burner was my blog. I really had to figure out my health and how to, the disease had gotten to the point where like just managing that alone kind of felt like a full-time job. And it was a lot. And so I decided my family and my health were my number one focuses. So the blog kind of went on the back burner and I would post every now and then, but as far as fixing it and bringing it to a point where I could get good Google traffic, that just, it wasn't an option at that time. So while I was waiting to have surgery, I really started diving into the idea of personal development. We, the first book ever that I read was Atomic Habits. Yes. And it just, <laughs> it just <laughs> kind of sparked this, this desire to just, I've always loved fitness and it's always been a huge part of my life. But while going through endometriosis, it was more important than ever that I found a good fitness and health routine. And just between that and a couple other health habits I developed, I did all those to prepare me to have the surgery, to get everything fixed and corrected. And then in fall of 2021, I underwent two pretty intense surgeries, kind of back to back. And it was a really long recovery. But it was during that recovery that I was able to finally dive into all the things that I needed to do, kind of go over my notes, figure out what courses were next. And I decided then that I was going to give myself a year to really put everything that I had into my blog, because now I was on a really good path with my health. So for all of 2022, I like to pick a word a year. And my word that year was recovery. I was recovering my health. I was recovering just my physical fitness and my body. I was recovering my blog. And in February of 2022, I was at maybe a couple thousand visits a month. And by the very next February, I had been accepted into media. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And I know it's because of all of those things that I had worked on leading up to my surgeries with the personal development, the good habits, the routines, my mindset. I did all those things to prepare myself for surgery and then for the recovery afterwards. But what I didn't realize was I was really setting a good foundation to dive into my blog head, head first and do everything that I can because it gave me those habits and processes this is that I really needed to sustain myself throughout the year. Oh my gosh, Kristen, what an incredible story. I love this. I mean, I've heard you share bits and pieces of this, but never like the full story. And it's so cool to listen to how that evolved for you and how you kind of, like I said earlier, like accidentally landed yeah. on something that helped your business that you had no idea would help your business. So I'm not excited that you went had to go through all of that. I'm so sorry that sounds just, yeah, that's hard. But look at the silver lining. Like, look what's come of this. You found this system that works for creating a thriving business. So, so cool how that transpired. Oh, thanks, Megan. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you put into place for your surgery, but actually like also your blog unintentionally that you feel helped you grow your business? So the first thing would be the whole idea of personal development. Once I read Atomic Habits, I kind of was bit by the bug. Like, what else can I, what other topic 
can I dive into for other areas of my life? And one thing that a friend recommended to me was the Enneagram. And I know, Megan, we've had lots of talks about the Enneagram. And you know how much I just, I love everything Enneagram. And really diving in and learning about me personally and just how my mind works and how I bring in information and how I show up in the world, just learning those little things about myself, I was able to really point out weaknesses and areas that I needed to work on, but then areas too, where I actually had a lot of strengths and then how to utilize those strengths in areas that would benefit my blog, but then also identifying those weaknesses and areas I needed to work on. And then there were some areas that I knew I just needed to let go of. So by diving into the Enneagram and learning all those things about myself, I was able to really kind of create a focus list on what was the most important thing to me because it fit within what my strengths were. That awareness I think is so vital and the Enneagram is magic. Like how long does the test take, would you say, to go through it? The tests don't take very long. I would say the most powerful way to figure out what your Enneagram number is, is just to spend time in material about the Enneagram. Because I will say I took a test and it said I was one number. But then once I started reading books and listening to podcasts, I very quickly realized I was not that number. So I think it could just be as simple as listening to podcasts on the topic or reading a book and just seeing what number really speaks to you. Yeah, I think you're the one that encouraged me to take it. I know I had taken it before and then I heard you talk about it and how effective it was in your life. So I took it and it really did highlight just kind of an awareness like, okay, this is what my, like, so for anyone who hasn't taken it, it kind of gives you like, how would you categorize the numbers So the Enneagram is a little different than other personality typing tools because it doesn't touch on our behaviors. It touches on our motivation. So every number has a motivation that's attached to it. And the motivation is what drives our number. So once you figure out what your motivation is, that will then help you see why you do the things that you do. And the numbers are categorized into three separate groups. There's the head group, the heart group, and the gut group. So once you figure out what group you're in, there's so much more information that you can dive into to learn about yourself. See, I knew you would describe it way better than I could. (laughs) Motivation. And once you understand or you're aware of what your motivation is, your main one, I think everything just becomes more clear, right? Like yeah. you said you thought you were one thing, but you were actually motivated by something completely differently. So just having that awareness can direct you not just with work, but I feel like in every area of your life. Yeah, exactly. It, it's benefited all areas of my life, but blogging specifically, it has really helped because I am an Enneagram 5. And part of that is we like to feel helpful and competent. And that is one of our biggest motivations. And so that was actually what was part of what was holding me back because I felt like I couldn't, like learning everything about SEO and keywords and all that, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could get started until I knew everything possible. And that's just not realistic. So as I'm learning about the Enneagram and learning this about myself, I had to almost force myself to take action because as a five, I can sit and I can retain all of this information and then never do anything with it, which I know is really common for a lot of people. But for fives, it's at like the core of who we are. And so just knowing that about 
myself, it kind of forces me to remind myself, I need to actually do something now. I can't just sit and research forever. Mm. So I would say that was one of the biggest takeaways I had from that. I had a huge takeaway too when I realized I was an achiever. So my realization there was like, that is my main motivation, like achieve, achieve. And that leads to burnout. And that is, it was just like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. That's why I get to that burnout stage so frequently. And so now I'm, it's at the top of my mind. So I'm aware of it and I'm so much more careful about it now because I have to be really cautious. Like this is my motivation. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we could go deeper into that, but we could, yeah. yeah. (laughs) This could take a whole nother direction. So, yeah, like the Enneagram, I think if you are looking to just dig into yourself more and like being more aware of what your motivations are in personal development, as Kristen talked about, Google Enneagram tests. I think there are a few different places you can take that. Is that right? Or is there like one place you should go for that, Kristen? I can send you a link, but the there's also a really good book resource. It's called The Road Back to You. That is probably one of the easiest Enneagram reads that can really help you identify what your number is. Awesome. And like you said, there are podcasts too dedicated to yeah. the topic. So any other things outside of the realm of Enneagram and Atomic Habits that you just really dug into with personal development? I think the Enneagram and Atomic Habits were really the foundation of that and then kind of spurred on. So once I figured out with the Enneagram, kind of where my weaknesses were, I was then able to kind of take each one of those and then dive into subtopics on those weaknesses and kind of just help strengthen those different areas of my life. So I took a very personal turn in personal development because I knew there were very specific things that I had to work on. Oh, love that. It's like one thing, like one awareness led to another and then kind of like stepping stones for you, like a little path of personal development. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. So I know also that you have incorporated a morning routine into your life and that this has been really valuable. So will you talk to us about that? Yeah, I started... So I used to be the type that you would have to set six alarms. I never wanted to wake (laughs) up early. I was not a morning person at all. So I'm going to say that because if I can become a morning person, I am pretty convinced anybody can become a morning person because I never have been. But leading up to my surgery, it was just one another thing, you know, once the pandemic hit, we very much got out of a rhythm and it was something that I didn't realize I missed. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to start waking up in the morning because by the time I'm awake and my kids are awake, the day is just hectic. I need to find time for myself. And so once I started doing that, it was really hard in the beginning because like I said, I did not like waking up early, but now I'm to the point that I've been doing it for about two years that if I sleep in, like my day just feels gone and it just feels shot. And it's just amazing how even those two extra hours in the morning that I get to myself just how much things I can get done and I can just feel so accomplished for the entire day before my kids even wake up. How much time are we talking? Like how early do you get up? So I like to wake up between five and five 30 every day. Oof. And it didn't start like that. It started at seven o'clock every single day. And then I slowly over time kind of like, because I found the benefit like, Oh, I'm an hour, I'm up an hour early before my kids. This is great. And then I kind of extended the time a little more. And then as I started adding time in the morning, I found that I was actually craving it more and it was getting easier and easier to wake up because of everything I was able to get done. 
and my morning routines now, they, they're not set in stone. So one thing I find really effective with morning routines, a lot of people will say, you need the same routine every day, you have to wake up, start your workout, do this. And I, I just don't think that's practical. And it kind of ties into knowing more about my personality type. I'm the type of person that I need to wake up and do the creative, I need to do the writing, I need to do the thinking, I have to do that first thing in the morning because I quickly lose energy and I just don't have energy for it in the afternoon. So there are days that I know I need to start out in the morning, get up and I need to get the blog post written that I need to get done. I have to edit photos and I make a list for myself of those things I know I need to get done for the day. And I do them first thing in the morning. And then there's other days where I know, okay, there's days that like I'm doing a lot of photography or cooking. And so I know doing my workout first thing in the morning would actually be more beneficial. So I have found by tailoring each morning to what I need for the day, it just sets my day off on such a good start because I'm either getting that workout first thing to kind of give me more energy to get through the day, or I'm getting all of my thinking and creativity done. And I base it off basically what my day looks like. So it's like an intuitive morning routine. So you're not like, I have to get up and work out first thing. It's more like, yeah, like I think you use this word tailoring it to what is best for you that day. Customizing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Customizing it. Because I mean, we're all different. And my perfect morning is getting up and getting my workout done. But sometimes I know that's not realistic because I know I have other things that have to be done. And then now I've moved my workout to the afternoon and it's almost like I get all my work done and now it's almost like I get a break or I can go for a walk Mm -hmm. or I can read. And having kind of that reset in the afternoon has also been really nice. Eblog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. So I have a morning routine as well and I typically will get up and just like work out right away just to kick that out. But there are days when I know if I get up that at that early time that I'm going to need a nap so I just sleep in a little bit. And for me, that is like, like I have to be intuitive with that too, because I just like, we all need extra sleep sometimes and sleeping in is sometimes the answer. Do you agree with that? I do. Yeah. I I have those days too, where I'm on a good routine and a schedule, but then there's just days where I wake up and it's like, you know, I'm not feeling it today. (laughs) You have to give your, you do have to give yourself grace too. And for the most part, I am really good about it, but then there's days that 
I just, I need that little extra. So I, I completely agree with you. And for people with kids like you and me, it's so important to get that undivided time for yourself. Just, yeah. it's hard. Like when you have, even my kids who are older, 16 and almost 13 now, it's still like, they're always in my face. Like, mom, I need this. And make me lunch. And like, you know how to make your own lunch. Like there's, no matter what ages they are, you're still momming when they're awake, right? So just having that time yes. alone is sacred. Yeah, it's much needed. Yes, sure. much needed. Yep. And then, so you mentioned exercising. Sometimes you incorporate it into your morning routine and sometimes later. So how has that played a role in all of this? So I have always loved fitness and I've always, you know, I've done different things throughout the year and then definitely during, right before my surgeries, I had to alter it quite a bit. But lately for me, fitness, what I'm finding is that if I'm challenging myself physically. So I used to run and there's, you know, other types of workouts that I like to do. And if I'm challenging myself physically, it's just kind of putting me in that mindset of I can do like we tell our kids, you can do hard things. It, it kind of puts me in that mindset too. So then I can transfer that over to my blog. Like, man, if I can do this, I can also do hard things with my business. And I think just being able to challenge yourself in one area just kind of motivates you to challenge yourself in other areas as well. Oh, I love this so much. Okay. So there's, I don't know who put this in my mind or like how I came upon this, but I'm so grateful for wherever in my past this happened and how it happened. But I've always just had this thing, like if I start a workout, I do not stop like ever. So they always talk about, I do beach body on demand. So they have all those like, you know, like weight workouts, cardio, like you name it, you can pick whatever workout you want. They're so great. And one of the things they always talk about in those programs is the fact that most people start a program and they never finish. Like something like 60 or 70% of people don't finish a program. And I'm always like, what? That's crazy. Like I, in my mind, it's like, if I press play, I go to the end and it's, I've never thought about this. But when you said that, I was like, that is exactly what I do in my business too. So I wonder if like that has translated. I think it does translate. I think it kind of gives us, like I said, like that mindset of if I can accomplish that workout or that run, I can do other things that are, you know, hard and challenging. And I think it just really puts us in that that good mindset. And it's almost like a skill you're developing of being able, like you said, like accomplishing a program or a task. It's, you're just kind of building that skill to be able to accomplish things. And I feel like I definitely can turn that into my blog. You know, there's, there's tasks that I have to do. And I've kind of already had that mindset of I can work through this and I can get it done. And I think having a good fitness routine really plays into that. But it also, I find it gives me a chance to turn my brain off. And I think that's the other benefit that I love about it is like, I don't have to think about anything other than what I'm doing. And I think between developing that skill and then just giving your brain a rest, I just, those are the two biggest benefits I've gotten from it. It forces you into the present moment, right? Like nothing, not many other things do that for me as well. Like, it's just like, you have to be there. You're doing a push-up. You've got to focus on that push-up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much gold in creating a fitness routine. Do you work out every day? Do you try to incorporate it into most days? How do you do that? I try to do at least five days a week. And then the other two days are usually spent 
like I'll try to fit something else in, whether it's going on a walk as a family or doing some other kind of physical activity. So I try to be active most days of the week, but like five actual like dedicated workouts. Yes. Awesome. That is amazing. Okay. So what other kind of key factors played into this whole system that you've created? One thing that I really had to learn about was how to just love the process of blogging. And James Clear talks a lot about that in Atomic Habits as well, that a habit is a lot easier to keep when it's something you actually enjoy. If it's something you don't love, you're it's a lot harder to stay with it. And there's a good chance you're not going to. But if it's something you love, you're going to keep doing it. And that's challenging with some of the tasks that we have to do as food bloggers. One of the examples that came to my mind was when I first set up my blog, I didn't follow the best advice. So none of my images were optimized for SEO. And by the time I realized this, I had already probably a catalog of hundreds and hundreds of images. So the thought of having to go back and resize and redo all of these images, re-upload them, go through the whole process, it was very daunting. But I just kind of had to learn how to in not necessarily enjoy the process, but enjoy the end result. Mm. So I had to think about like, what, by doing all of these images correctly, what is it going to do for my blog? And I had to fall in love with that piece of it. And then it made the tasks so much easier to get done because the end result is what I was striving for and what I was loving. And I kind of had to separate the task itself from that or else I wouldn't have wanted to do it. I think this is key for, like you said earlier, just so many of those projects that we kind of have to do that aren't very fun. Right now I'm dealing with this with my Pinterest. So I have a new like Pinterest strategy. You were part of the reason for it because you inspired me with your Pinterest success this year. (laughs) And it's like, honestly, it's not fun. I sit down, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to make all these pins and I have to schedule them. And That is not super awesome. But I keep thinking about like a year from now, think of all the Pinterest traffic I could have and I could tell people my, you know, like how I did it and and hopefully add value to their businesses. So I always have to look ahead to that as well because if I didn't, I there's no way I would continue with it. It's just way too boring. (laughs) I completely agree with that. And I think that's why when I say love the process, it's not necessarily the process itself. Because I agree, making pins, scheduling them, it's not fun and it's not what I want to be doing. But then when you see the end result and you know what they could be, it's like that is part of the process you have to love. Because if you if you don't think about what it can do, it makes the actual task very daunting. Oh, and boring <laughs> sometimes. And boring. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. There are a lot of boring things that we must do in our businesses, but hopefully yes. it's worth the effort. I completely agree. Yes. I love that one. And I forgot that James Clear talked about that in his book. I was telling you before we recorded that I need to reread that. I feel like it's one of those books that we should reread every one or two years, right? I agree. Such a good book. If you are listening and you haven't read Atomic Habits, oh my gosh, it will, it's life changing. It's one of those like life changing books, hands down. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. What else do you have, Kristen? What else is in your formula? 
So one thing, I think, Meg, I think you recommended this book to me once when we were on a call called The Gap in the Game. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And it talks about how you have to switch your mindset into, I mean, we all set goals. Like we want this kind of traffic or make this kind of income. But if you're so focused on the goal and you're forgetting what actual gains you're making along the way, you kind of lose sight of everything. And so one of my biggest tips is just to celebrate every victory and every milestone. Because where you are now may not be where you were a few months ago. And I have to always remind myself and go back and look like I only had a few thousand visitors just last year. And I need to celebrate where I'm at versus thinking, but I still have so much further to go. Because the gain that I've already made is something that's still worth celebrating. And I think that is what I see a lot with people they're so focused on their end goal that they forget that they're actually making progress along the way. Mm. And that's what needs to be celebrated. Always, right? I mean, there's always progress yeah. being made all the time that we discount or we don't see. We don't pause to take a moment and reflect on it and acknowledge it. And not just in our businesses, but I feel like this applies to your whole life. Like, where were you a year ago? with, I don't know, like we paid off our windows in our house. I'm like, oh my gosh, we paid off our windows. We got this just massive bill one day and now it's gone. And so just reflecting on those things can, they can be so powerful. Yeah, I I completely agree. There's, There's areas like with my workouts in the gym and stuff that I still get frustrated with that I'm not progressing, but then I have to remind myself before surgery, like, my like the endometriosis had gotten so bad like I physically couldn't do any of these and now I'm I'm not doing it to the capacity that I want but I'm still able to do it where a year ago that wasn't even an option so I think the same thing goes with our blogs we I, I see people get so I'm not here yet I'm not there but also look at where you're at and I think that is so important to take into account I so that book you mentioned the gap in the gain I say the same thing about this book that I do about Atomic Habits. Life-changing. Those two books are the yeah. top two books I recommend when people ask me, like, what book should I read for mindset and growth? Those two for sure. Yeah, they're both amazing. So if you haven't read that one either, go get that. And I am not associated with either of those authors. I promise. They're just some really amazing books. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing about that. So the celebration thing. I got this idea from a podcast recently, and I haven't implemented it yet, but I thought it would be really cool to like set aside one day a month, whether it's like a lunch date with my husband or a dinner date or something, and just reflect on the successes from the month. And just like, we can't talk about goals or business going forward or kids or anything. We just look back and we talk about all the good things that have happened in the past month. I love that idea. And I'll report back how it goes when I actually do it. Yeah. I want to hear about that. That sounds like such a great idea. Yeah. Maybe we can touch base on Clubhouse sometime and chat about that there. What else do you have as some other parts of your formula for success? I would say one of the biggest things that I did once I decided, yes, I'm going to go all in, do everything I can was to find a community. And that was about the time I started listening in on the Clubhouse chats. And just the takeaways each week were amazing. And it was like, I can implement a point at least once an episode. It was, I can implement something today. And I just started taking all those little takeaways and they just kind of, you know, chipping away at things. And 
I really think that that was a big key to my success was just learning from other food bloggers. And then when we did the Enneagram talk, that was fun to also share, you know, my piece of information and how that has been, you know, super helpful for me. So I think just finding another group of people to go along the journey with, I think there's such value and power in that. Oh, I'm so glad that you started coming into Clubhouse. You've added so much value there. And I totally agree that, I mean, it's like such a safe space. I try to really protect like our time, but also like topics and the vibe and everything like that. But it's like, such a good place to come together and just talk about our really weird jobs that we have. Like nobody else understands this. So to come to a group of people that gets it and just having that ability to be open and share things. You shared recently like this Pinterest strategy and that affected me in a positive way and other people. So, you know, you don't necessarily think you're going to affect people by mentioning some little thing about your mindset or business, but it can really trickle down and have a huge effect. And it's like one hour of your week that you just go and you can just listen. So why not, right? Right, exactly. And I think it ties into my last point too, because when I got to Mediavine, the second I got the email, jumping into the Instagram chat and telling everyone there, like, and the responses I got, like, even when I share it with my family now, nobody has like, a sense of what that even means or what it is. But I had this group, you and you know, everyone else in there, that the just the outpouring of support, it it was overwhelming. And it was like, if I didn't have that, I kind of would just be sitting in my own little bubble. But being able to share it with a group of people that understand, it was just it was a great experience. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah, we were like, this is amazing. But someone in your real life would be like, oh, Kristen seems excited about this. So nice work. But they don't, like you said, they don't truly understand the gravity or like all the work and energy and love that went into getting you there. Right. So just to be, feel understood, I think. Yes, exactly. Okay. What else? Is there anything that we're missing? One other point I would put in just because I feel like this was a crucial part of my story. I would say invest in yourself. I feel like anytime I pour something new into this business, it has always paid off. Like a new course I would take or a new subscription service or anything that other food bloggers are saying that's working for them. Anytime I invest in it, it has paid off for itself. And so I feel like really investing in yourself and your business is so crucial. And with that, I would also say, make sure you're investing in the right things because I have definitely, like I took a course in the very beginning and just the advice that was given, I'm still cleaning up my site from it. And I know there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And so I would say, do your research and make sure it is something that's tried and true and tested and that other food bloggers would recommend because there's a lot of bad advice out there as well. So if there are some newer bloggers listening, I know this is a big topic. So if somebody's listening and they're like, this sounds great. I do want to invest in my business and myself, but I really have no idea where to start. What would you say to that? I would say diving into podcasts like these because you do interview so many guest experts, anything, you know, from Casey Marquis or the Top Hat Rank, you know, crew or even I took cooking with keywords with Alika and that definitely did change my keyword game. So I would say the podcasts are a great way to start because there are people who not are just successful themselves, but they're teaching so many other people how to be successful as well. 
And they're free. Podcasts are and they're free. totally free. <laughs> yes, exactly. And to go, just going back to your like atomic habits and the gap in the gain, I think reading through some really good business books like that can actually like kind of guide you to other things too. Like, oh yeah, I do want to dig into this part of my, you know, like one thing kind of leads to another. I think we touched on that earlier too. Yeah. All right. What have we missed? Is there anything else? This is such great information. I feel like I could talk to you forever about all of this, but I just want to make sure we don't miss anything. Yeah. I would say my final point just to kind of wrap up all the others is, you know, don't give up because I think there's plenty of times, you know, within my blogging journey that I definitely just wanted to throw the towel in. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. I didn't understand what to do, but as I invested in myself and I, you know, was taking in all the information and I was making slow changes, those slow and small changes do eventually add up. And you never know what the last change is going to be that's going to just push you over the edge. I was sitting at around 20 to 25,000 sessions a month. And it was just a couple of web stories and a post that just absolutely pushed me over that edge. And it got me to that, that 50,000 mark. And if I had thrown in the towel on web stories like I wanted to do, I I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have gotten the 50. So just continue to plug along because if you're putting in all the time and the effort and you're working on yourself and you're applying that to your business, it's it's going to pay off. If you're putting in the right work, there's there's no way it can't pay off. Kristen, this is gold. Seriously, this is going to be a super popular episode. I feel like this is the magic for your success. Like this is the formula right here. This is it. So just so appreciate you and everything you've shared. And again, sorry you had to go through your journey that you did with your surgeries and everything. But I'm really glad that it led you to all of these realizations that you've had because yeah, we can like learn from you and just thank you for all of that. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? I do. And it's of course from James Clear. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And what that means to me is we can set goals all day of where we want to be, but that's not going to be enough to motivate us and keep us going. But if we have good systems and processes and habits and we're continuing to work on ourselves, that's what's going to get us to those goals. Oh, amazing way to end. I love that you did that. Yeah. We'll put together show notes page for you, Kristen. So if anyone wants to go see any of the resources we've talked about in this episode, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash dirt and dough. Tell everyone where they can find you, Kristen. Yeah. So my website is dirtanddough.com. That is where I am the most active. And my Instagram is dirt.dough. And join us on Clubhouse sometime. We meet the first and third Thursdays of every month at noon Eastern for one hour. We have great conversations like we talked about, like so many takeaways, but mostly just that community. So if you don't know how to join us on Clubhouse, send me an email and I'll tell you and we'll see you there. But thanks again, Kristen. This was amazing. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.